Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hi everyone, just a quick favour to ask before we get going. Our podcast has gone from strength to strength lately, but we'd like to find out how we can improve. We've put together a short survey and we would love to get your feedback. Anyone who takes the time to give their feedback will be entered into competitions where they can win prizes such as smartphones, cameras and drones. So please visit irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback. That's irishtechnews.ie forward slash podcast dash feedback fill out the survey and to be in with a chance of winning one of those great prizes. Thanks for your time and now back to the podcast. Hello and welcome to Irish Tech News, the podcast. I am Ria McGuire and today I have with me, today I have Stephen Roberts with me. Hello Stephen. Hi Ria, it's great to be here today. Thanks for inviting me on. No worries, thanks so much for coming on. I think the first real question for the people listening is what is your background for those who don't know you? So uh, I'm currently head of marketing at Griffith College um, and I've been working in um, marketing roles nationally and internationally for the past 20 years or so. Um, And prior to working in the education sector, I would have held senior roles in, um, in the tourism sector. And I guess, you know, my background more broadly, so I'm a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing, but I'm also a certified data protection officer. Uh, and I do a lot of work with the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. I, I sit on their data protection and information security working group as the vice chair of that committee. I've written quite extensively on the areas of marketing strategy and data protection over the last number of years. Uh, and I'd be a regular columnist with Marketing Magazine. I've also had the, the privilege of writing for Irish Tech News on a couple of occasions too. You recently wrote a book, before we get into that, how did that transition happen? What pushed you to get into writing from where you started? There was a, there was a mix of things really, Ria. Um, firstly, you know, as a marketer, I could see GDPR on the horizon a number of years ago, and I could see data protection issues landing on my desk uh, as the head of a marketing department. So I, I felt that there was a, a, an onus on me to get a deeper understanding of it. And we are, we're all using data in so many different ways as marketers. So I just had a natural interest in the area. So, so that was the first side of things. And then as I got the qualification as a certified data protection officer, I realized that a lot of the the conversation around data protection was very much focused towards maybe people with a legal or compliance background and less so towards marketers who'd be very heavy users of personal data within any any business or institution. So really, I, I, I started out initially just giving my thoughts on what the GDPR might mean for marketers, uh, and then it kind of expanded from there. Yeah, and the book you recently wrote is Data Protection for Marketers. Can you expand a little bit more on what the book is about and what inspired you to write it? Well, as I mentioned uh, earlier, there, there were other texts out there, other books, but they were very much focused towards that more legal or, 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 or data privacy audience. And really what I thought marketers would benefit from was a practical guide that 
kind of talk them through some of the challenges that they as, as marketing professionals and communication professionals would face and really kind of give some case study examples, talk through, you know, how they could start with some of the basic aspects, some as the, such as the principles uh, of data protection and the lawful basis for processing and, and work from there. And, and really in terms of what made me think of, of writing the book, uh, I just felt that, you know, I, I really enjoy writing articles. I like the idea of, you know, writing as thinking on paper and the opportunity arose with Orphan Press. Um, so I was delighted to take it and, and hopefully marketers will find the, the book of use. And what has the reception been like towards the book? It's been very positive so far, Ria. Um, I've got some 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 very nice um, feedback and comments um, from a, a range of, of publications. And I know yourselves uh, as well, Irish Tech News reviewed the book recently. Um, so I, I've been, you know, that, I found that very warming. And, uh, you know, I believe there's going to be some further coverage in UK and Irish publications over the, over the coming months. Um, I recently had a chance to speak to the communications network of Science Foundation Ireland on the back of the, the book being published. So again, it's nice to be able to share some, some knowledge and also to get feedback and, uh, and, and further questions and, and to be able to help marketing professionals use personal data in a, in a practice that, that fits with GDPR and you know um, enables them to do their jobs better on a day-to-day -day basis. And then where are your sources from and like how do you ensure that not your own like yeah um well it does, there's a number of sources thankfully so uh, i didn't mention earlier but but i'm also a member of uh, griffith college's data protection committee so i would be a founder member of of that um that working group uh, so that keeps me on a day-to-day -day basis aware of different data protection issues and challenges also my work with the acoi um there's an excellent that 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 data protection and information security working group is excellent in terms of the the breadth of knowledge that uh, committee members bring to it. Um, so that gives me an opportunity to, to, to kind of um, tap into their expertise. But I'm also a big advocate of continuous learning. So I would do a, a lot of kind of ongoing study in the area. I'd um, make sure to check out relevant webinars and workshops because it is a rapidly changing area. Um, and, and GDPR is still very much in its infancy in many ways. And what do you mean when, because you, you mentioned that in the book, what do you mean that GDPR is at its infancy? Sure. Well, it, it's, you know, it, it recently marked its third anniversary on the 25th of May of this year. Um, and there are still a lot of areas that require further clarification. I mean, the broad goal of GDPR is that there's a harmonized data protection environment across all EU member countries. So that means that as a business or um, a, an individual, you know, that there's going to be a standardized uh, approach to data protection. Now that's still, you know, hitting some speed bumps at the moment. And even the Data Protection Commission examples, you know, would be there's still a lack of consistency in the types of fines that are levied. So obviously one of the, the, the aspects of GDPR that caught people's attention was the potential for a 20 million euro fine or up to 4% of global turnover, whichever was the greater. So far in Ireland, I think the largest fine thus far under GDPR has been uh, for Twitter, um, which was in the region of 450,000 euro. But there have been other jurisdictions, such as in the UK, prior to it leaving uh, the EU, where British Airways were, were fined 20 million sterling, and Google and France were fined in the region of 50 million euros. So I think for companies and boards that are trying to get clarity as to the potential you know, risk profile of a data breach, there's inconsistency there. The, the other big areas, and I'll just touch on two of them, the first one would be international data transfers. 
So one of the key mechanisms to transfer personal data from the EU to the US was the uh, privacy shield. And that was ruled as invalid last summer. So a lot of businesses would have relied on that as a GDPR compliant way of, of transferring personal data. There's also, we're waiting on a, a replacement for that. In the meantime, one of the other options that's available to businesses, which, is, which are called standard contractual clauses, they're currently being reviewed. Uh, and there's a new draft set of, of, of SCCs, as they're known, that's being proposed at the moment. So businesses are still trying to get an understanding of you know, um, how those mechanisms are going to work going forward and, and to ensure they're compliant. And the one other area that I would mention, which from a marketing perspective is certainly quite frustrating, there's a lack of clarity or a lack of consistency in terms of how website cookies are treated. And that is due to when GDPR was introduced back in 2018, the EU's plan was that the e-privacy directive, which handles the privacy of online communications, would be updated at the same time with an e-privacy regulation. That's been bogged down in lobbying uh, and disagreements at EU member state level. And what it's meant is that in the, in the absence of a new e-privacy regulation, individual EU countries have issued their own guidance as to what's best practice around the use of website cookies. In one respect, if you are based in Ireland, let's say, and your, your footprint is only in, in Ireland, you can rely on the Data Protection Commission's guidance, which they released in April of last year. But if you have a footprint in a number of countries, you not only have to be aware of, you know, the cookie best practice in Ireland, but you have to make sure that you're following what's going on in local jurisdictions. So that harmonized approach that I mentioned earlier, that ambition underpinning GDPR is not yet there. With marketers and marketing teams say, how would they look to get a grips with GDPR? Because it, obviously it's very complicated and it changes a lot. What, what are the most important first steps for them to take or implement? I, I think, you know, um, an iterative approach is best. You know, take step by step and use the compound um, effect. So I would start initially with understanding the principles of GDPR, so the seven principles that are there. And then I would also ensure that the marketing team is fully aware of the lawful basis on which you can process data. So I would see them as two key pillars. Another aspect that I would say is, is absolutely crucial is ongoing training. So I think in the run-up to the launch of GDPR three years ago, a lot of businesses would have undertaken GDPR training for their staff. But if you think about it, uh, there's always churn in any business uh, and marketing would be no different. So you need to have regular, um, regular training for any new recruits that are coming in, but also refresher training for existing staff um, because what we're seeing is that there is a lot of a lot of kind of new developments happening in the area of data protection. So really, I, I, I couldn't stress, you know, more highly the importance of ongoing training. And also it means that you're developing a culture that respects data privacy and that it's a natural part of your thought processes. And I think that's that's really where where good compliance sits. Over COVID, how has this kind of like impacted data protection and marketing? over the year because like obviously there is a, a huge transition from physical to digital how would did you guys have to change your practices or what what was that big shift like I, I think every marketing team found it challenging initially 
you know, the, the move to remote working definitely presents challenges. People might be using their own device or they might be, you know, trying to get remote access into, in, into various platforms that, that, that companies would use. So I think, again, it's around training uh, and, and keeping data protection top of mind, whether people are working remotely or whether they're office-based. Also being very clear in terms of policies and procedures, encouraging people to have, you know, a very you know, to, to, to look to continually learn and upskill in this space. And one of the things we found has been very helpful is where you identify data champions. So no compliance team um, on its own can expect to know, you know, every aspect uh, of the business in which it works. So what I think is extremely helpful is where each business unit or, or our department uh, identifies someone who has an interest in the area or who is willing to keep up to speed with developments and can then kind of keep GDPR alive amongst that, that business unit or department and, and share any updates or best practice that's happening. Um, I think more generally, in terms of communi communicating to customers, you're going back to the GDPR principles of transparency and using data in ways that's, that you know, people would feel is reasonable and proportionate. You know, a, a useful rule of thumb is if you think about, would I expect or would I like my personal data to be used in this way? It's, it's not a bad kind of mental model to, to start from. Do you feel that there should be more education towards data protection for, let's say, a, a normal person? Because I know definitely when I talk to my friends, they accept their, their cookies or they have really no idea what any of this means. So do you think it, it is a, a, something that should be taught about more? I definitely think data privacy is, is here to stay. I mean, if you look at from a future of work perspective, we're going to see an increased use of artificial intelligence technologies, automation, all of that. So people's personal data will be used in, in more and more complex ways. So there's a lot of onus on businesses to make sure they're transparent as to how that data is being used. I think from the perspective of the individual, I think it is really useful to upskill in the area. Again, I wouldn't be, it's not as if you have to go around with all 99 articles of GDPR in your head. But I think you have to be comfortable with, again, if, you, if, if people were even starting from the perspective of the principles of GDPR, you know, around it being lawful, fair and transparent, for example, would be one of them at minimizing your data, uh, you know, the data that's collected for any particular purpose, not storing it beyond, beyond the reason for which it was originally um, obtained. I think if people had, um, you know, started there, I think that would give them a very good grounding. Because I think in some respects, a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing where we're, we're GDPR can nearly be used to kind of scare people in a way. But I think if they approached it from that perspective and looked at the principles and, and the lawful bases, it's a, it's a great place to start. Before I ask the last question, do you want to add anything more or? Um, no, I, I've really enjoyed our discussion. Um, you know, I, I think data protection is a, a, a rapidly changing area. Um, I, I think, as I said, it's, it's here to stay. It's, it's a fundamental kind of building block of the digital single market that the, the European Union wants, wants to have across all EU member states. We're seeing a lot of new technologies emerge that use personal data in, in, in new ways. So I, I think it's a very timely area and it's one that I certainly enjoy keeping up to speed on. Before I say goodbye, uh, Stephen, how can people find you? Um, are you on Twitter? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Roberts one is the Twitter handle. Uh, LinkedIn as well. Stephen Roberts dash marketing. And then obviously from the perspective of the, the book, Data Protection for, for Marketers, um, it's published by Orphan Press. So you, you can order it there. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, I believe it's coming out on, on Kindle very soon. 
and then as they say from all good bookstores um so yeah i absolutely i'd be happy to hear from people if they're if this uh, podcast has um has raised some interesting questions for them or they'd like to follow up great thank you so much Stephen. and you have been listening to the irish tech news podcast Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.